Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. I'm Dr. Bill Kanaski, and with us today, a trial attorney, uh, Kurt Spangler, uh, here in Orlando, uh, right down the street from me. Uh, Kurt, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well. How's it going with you? Uh, well, as you can see, thankfully, the weather's, weather's beautiful here. Um, so if the price I have to pay is sitting on the back porch every day talking to talented people like you, I'll, I'll take it for another month. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Kurt, tell me a little bit about your professional background and, and, and where your area of practice is. Okay, I've been a, a, an attorney in Orlando for a little over 30 years, uh, always doing uh, defensive civil litigation cases wide variety of cases. Um, I actually uh, am an attorney uh, for uh, Walt Disney World quite a bit in their premises liability cases. Uh, I do, I do a, I, in my past, I did some uh, med, med mal cases. I still do a, a little bit of that, but uh, which is, is good in the personal injury cases because it gives us a, a, you know, a stronger base of knowledge about medicine than maybe some uh, attorneys. And then in the probably the past 10 years, I've done a significant amount of transportation cases, trucking cases. Um, the head of our uh, Wicker Smith's uh, entire firm, uh, transportation practice group, and member of TIDA, and I've handled, yep. uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of trucking cases. Um, my office uh, looks out over I four, and so I always <laughs> look out the window and see uh, clients' trucks go by all the time. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's a and little bit of. Our Jacksonville office looks at the St. John's River. Our West Palm office looks at, uh, you know, the intercoastal and the ocean. And Tampa looks <laughs> at the bay. I get to look at I-4. but Which, by, by the way, a, a, an I-4 that's been under construction for, right. what, 50, 50 years now? <laughs> yeah. um, well, thanks for uh, that. Just a recap about, about your background. Um, I want to jump around a little bit. Uh, I was doing a podcast with a, with a uh, actually an in-house um claims adjuster uh, in the trucking industry. And the question came up of, you know, technologies evolved so much in the trucking and transportation industry, but it's been kind of a double-edged sword. What, what's your opinion of whether it be GPS or the in, the in-cab, uh, you know, video cameras? Is, is it a good or a bad thing or a little bit of both when it comes to putting on a case in front of you? You know, there's, yeah, so there's different aspects of it. I guess some of it is to monitor driver behavior and safety and obviously, Anything that's safer is better. I don't know that it always necessarily pans out to be safer, but from an attorney's perspective, um, definitely a double-edged sword. Uh, you know, I've had drive cam cases, and you know, you're getting more and more drive cam where uh, you know the, the driver may tell one story and then the drive cam tells another. Other times, it's actually exculpatory. I've uh, you know had cases where people we actually thought it was like setups where you know, someone's pretty much slamming on their brakes on the expressway for no apparent reason, and then they get rear-ended. Um, and so it is a double-edged sword. And then you have the inward-facing camera, which, uh, yeah, and that's controversial because some people think it's an invasion of privacy or, you know, there's, there's discussion whether or not it really makes a difference or the driver's uh, may, uh, you know, the first couple of weeks it's in the truck, it, it may alter their behavior, but after a little while, out of sight, out of mind, and they're back to whatever they're doing. But I've had some cases where the outward facing camera looked great, but then it just so happens you see the uh, inward, the guy was glancing down at something or <laughs> tapping a cigarette out the window or something. <laughs> and so, so it's always, there's always something to, to uh, but, you know, at least I think that 
at least you know what you're de dealing with at the time. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, so that's so some of the main technologies. You got the cameras. Uh, you got the GPS. Uh, you know, obviously, you got the ECMs where you can, you know, right. You know, when an accident happened, it's recorded, uh, and you can, you know, get lots of data, speed at the time of impact, how long they started breaking beforehand, uh, and you can go back quite far and see, you know, what what was their behavior, and and so if it shows, you know, that you weren't going over the speed limit that you you know started breaking at a reasonable point in time these types of things can be uh helpful a again it, yeah it's, it's it is a double-edged sword sometimes yeah you know if, case, if, case by case basis right <laughs> yeah if you get one where it's like okay uh we you know started breaking a half a second before we impacted that car and we we're going 40 miles an hour you know that uh, that's probably a case uh, you're going to be settling that yeah so we've all heard about, about the um, problem of nuclear verdicts, particularly over the last few years. Why has the nuclear verdict phenomenon really just hammered the transportation and trucking industry? It seems to be disproportional relative to other industries. What are some of your hypotheses on, on why that's the case? My, my, one of mine which as funny, I was driving down I-4, I took my family to the beach yesterday because the beach opened up over on New Smyrna. And I swear, every third or fourth billboard was a plaintiff attorney billboard. The, the amount of aggressive advertising they have, particularly for the trucking industry, I find very interesting. What are some of your thoughts? You know, and that's an interesting point. I don't know, and if the, do the dollar figures that are, they're putting up there have any influence on what people think uh, cases are of course the dollar figures you see I mean there's and I've been to quite a few seminars trucking uh, seminars where we're talking about this subject obviously and I mean there's like hundred million dollar verdicts 50 yeah. 60 70 I mean these are not you know a three million dollar verdict these are huge verdicts uh, in trucking cases and not always catastrophic I mean I, I've heard of ones where there's someone's getting a neck fusion and they're getting 20 30 million it's um, I, I don't you know, I mean, I don't know the reason, but uh, obviously um, the, the economy's been very good up until the recent months. Uh, there's a lot of trucks on the road. I think everyone's probably had some type of negative experience near a truck or truck driver. And the, so they come in probably with that experience. And then I think you, we were talking beforehand, obviously you have the reptile issue and there's uh, you know, a million different safety issues and no matter what you're doing as a trucking company, uh, the, 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 you know, the claim is you could always do better. Shouldn't it be safer? And so, uh, you know, there's a tug of, of war over, you know, getting the freight moved and, and, and doing it as safe as possible. And so I think, you know, I think that the, the reptile in that scenario where everyone can relate to, I've been on the road near a truck, that may have something to do with it, but uh, it's definitely been a significant problem uh, in the, in, particularly in the trucking industry, although other industries to a lesser degree. Sure. Do you find that order experiences with and maybe your evaluation of how the trucking industry has been communicating with both defense counsel with each other to try to maybe get on the same page for once <laughs> to try to maybe, um, <clears throat> develop something new to, 
to, to decrease the amount of these nuclear bursts. Because the one thing you know, and it's, it's been a criticism of the defense bar for a long time across all industries, is that defense attorneys and companies don't talk enough. They don't communicate ideas, unlike the plaintiff's bar. They, they, tell, everybody, they tell each other everything. How, do you think the industry's response has been appropriate, or do you think more can be done? Well, I mean, I think this has gotten people's attention, and I, I mean, I do go to uh, quite a few uh, trucking law seminars where we we have some of the leaders uh, from some of the biggest trucking companies in the country uh, that we discuss these issues and how things can, well, I mean, how you can improve the uh, perception for jurors. But and then they all, I mean, and my impression is that most of these companies are genuinely concerned about safety and making. Uh, the truck safer but you got to get the message out somehow to the community yeah um and there has been some also but but from trying from trying cases standpoint there has been also you know efforts to combat the uh, reptile theory and there's been some good you know rulings from from judges not allowing that type of uh you know strategy in court um i think you have to Vordire is going to be huge in any of those cases where you got to, you know, get, you know, help people understand. Uh, you know, I always, <laughs> I always like to try to say, you know, like if you're talking about, well, wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be safer to do this? Wouldn't it be safer to do that? You always, you know, and, and that's what the, the kind of the reptile theory is, is wouldn't it always be safer to do something a certain way? Well, you could always do something safer. And I say, well, it would be safer if we made it, you know, 10 miles an hour on I-4. And that way no one would ever get in a high-speed accident. But it wouldn't be practical or reasonable. Sure. And so you could always do something safer, you know. Or, uh, you know, if Disney World wanted to wrap everyone in bubble wrap before they came in the park or something. But you can't, you know. And so you have to kind of get that understanding to the jury in advance that you're going to hear this uh, about you know, it's always, you know, what, you know, it needs to be safer, 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 but let's talk about, you know, the real world here and, and the concept of being reasonable. Absolutely. I apologize for the background noise. My neighbors like blowing leaves across the way. Um, COVID-19. So uh, this has been something no one's ever been through before and everybody has kind of predictions on how it's going to influence jury decision making particularly in transportation now transportation has got maybe for the first time and i don't yeah. know in your 30 years um and by the way you don't even look like you're 35 years old so i don't know if i don't know if i'm buying that 30 year experience you look uh, you know for some reason my hair is not falling out and it's not changed colors i mean i don't know what it's just good genes or something but uh, <laughs> but but yeah. it's been the best public relations message we've seen in some time and you have um, a lot of talk, particularly in the media, about, you know, truck drivers are heroes. Look at all the important things the industry is doing right now. What can the industry do to try to get that to translate into jury decision making? Now, I've talked to 100 people about this. 100 people think, no, it's, you know, jurors are very, what have you done for me lately? They have short memories. Others are like, well, no, if we play our cards right, maybe we can get a more positive message like the healthcare folks have done. Where, where do you maybe see this going from an industry point of view? Yeah, again, I, I think in the, you know, maybe in a, for a year afterwards, we might be in good stead. At, uh, 
but you know, a few years down the road, it'll be you know probably back to normal. But yeah, since we represent healthcare providers and, and truck drivers right now, I'm kind of interested to see how the jurors are going to be treating them. Uh, you know, once we do get some jury trials. Um, but I, I think again, it would be talking to them, talking to jurors in voir dire, uh, and I'm sure the plaintiffs' lawyers are going to be wanting to talk to them about that too. Um, I don't know what the trucking industry can really do to publicize what they've done, you know, uh, as far as, you know, that, you know, we were, they were continuing, continuing to roll and continuing to deliver the groceries and everything we needed to keep, uh, keep this country going during COVID. Uh, but I mean, to the extent that they can, they can do any kind of public service spots or something like that, uh, that would be great. Um, but I, it seems like it should, have a favorable impact on jury verdicts. And I think, you know, if you're trying a case, I actually have some clients that have, you know, garbage truck and recycling truck companies. And, you know, does every does everyone out there like to have their garbage picked up? You know, uh, everybody does. Nobody, you know, could you imagine what would happen if we didn't have garbage truck drivers? Now, how many of you out there actually want, wanted to be a garbage truck driver, you know? And, and no one's going to raise their hand. Uh, and so, you know, you could maybe, you know, get them to think about, you know, hey, these guys, they're people too, first of all, and they're doing a tough job. We don't, you know, we shouldn't be holding them to some higher standard than, than they ought to be held to. Very interesting. Um, two more questions for you. First of all, how have, uh, how have you, you and your firm been internally uh, communicating about how to deal with the reptile tactics and, and are these tactics something that you've been able to convey the danger of to your clients? Meaning, have your clients finally figured out, hey, um, we may need to put some more resources and more time into our cases because I don't want to get reptile by the company down the street. Yeah, so um, obviously this has been a pretty hot topic for the last four or five years. Um, you know, we in cases where we think that's going to happen, and trucking is, you know, Yes, you know, it's particularly uh, susceptible to it. But, you know, we try to file motions in limine and there's a, you know, there's a fair, like I said, there's some decent orders coming out from some judges that uh, will not allow that because, you know, there's one we just saw recently where they said you can't use the term safety rule because it's, yeah. it's, there, there's really no such thing. It's nebulous. It's, you know, you have to. Has been. <laughs> uh, and so. Uh, and then obviously in the preparation of the witnesses, yep. you know, that's obviously a big thing is to get them ready for those types of questions and not to just, you know, it, uh, it, you know, as we all know, it sounds perfectly, you know, reasonable to say, wouldn't you agree that you always want to make things as safe as possible or, you know, uh, and, and then, you, and, and they, then, you know, you get them to be trained to say, no, I, I think we need to be reasonable in our, our, yeah. Uh, and be reasonably safe and so but um uh, yeah we, i mean you know motions in limine and and preparing the witnesses and then the, again you know go, talking to people through the uh, jury selection process uh those are probably the three main things but i think most risk managers and insurance folks are, are pretty aware of, uh, of it now and i would hope um, so <laughs> i haven't really been seeing it as much as i used to recently i don't know if if it's uh, if it had just been the luck of the draw of the cases I've had or, or what, but I, I haven't seen it as much. Well, thank you for your opinions on that. Finally, is, is that a little Gator football helmet behind you up there on the, 
top of your shelf? Uh, oh, sure, sure, yeah, you know, and I got, uh, yeah, got okay. And, you so, know. so what, what is your prediction? Because, uh, you know, here in the state of Florida, no one watches professional sports because all the teams stink. Right. Um, everybody's into, and it's like a bloodbath down here uh, uh, in the state of Florida. What is your prediction on what the, I guess the SEC, but also I guess just the NCAA, have you been hearing anything about, is college football going forward? Because if we don't get some football here soon, uh, uh, I may go insane. I, no, it's driving me crazy. I watched uh, an old game. Uh, yeah, yeah, we all have. Florida, Florida State game that I knew Florida had won. Uh, so I, was, <laughs> I, I watched it. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I, you know, I thought for sure by September we would be back at it and playing football, but, uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case. And then, you know, will the players be prepared? It's hard to say, uh, but, uh, you know, and I'm hopeful that we'll be sitting in the stadiums in September, but, uh, yeah, I, I have no idea. Now the Bucks apparently uh, people were, are going to want to go see them this year if they're playing, but, uh, well, that's that's because uh, Mr. Brady has arrived yeah. in town and and uh, yeah, a lot of excitement in Tampa. Well, Kurt, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Please keep in touch and let us know if we can help you with anything on your cases. All right, appreciate it. Thanks. I enjoyed the enjoyed the experience. Thanks. Take care.